listeners and welcome to an episode of the Dave Recruit podcast. My name is Brett Lawton. Today I'm sitting with Pepo Fatsu Mokwena ahead of his solo exhibition that's going to be taking place at Dave Recruit Projects titled Internal Probes. So welcome, thanks for joining me today. Hi Brett, it's amazing to be here and yeah, looking forward to what I have to say about my work. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, cool. You're somebody who, who's been an artist for a number of years now, and you're very consistent with your practice. It's been great to collaborate with you over the years at Devacred Projects. So I just want to know a little bit more about what your themes are that you interrogate in your works. Okay, cool. First up, thanks. <laughs> it's dense, but like, well, in my head, it's quite dense. But particularly for this show, uh, I've been thinking quite a lot about density, but density in relation to like its occupation to space, um, like people in certain spaces or spaces in certain people, like big data, conversations around big data and how that kind of references a lot of other trends of consumption and, and non-consumption, if one must say, particularly um, when you think about all of like value systems and economies in Joburg that's part of the work there's a lot of other things at play so to make historical references the organizational patterns of like slave ships like I wasn't necessarily interested in the slave ship itself even though like that history is quite dense but I was really thinking about like how people actually thought or had the or like the sheer audacity to really pack as many people as they can in one particular space, particularly for like long voyages and how that like organizational systems and patterns tend to like reoccur again and again and again in taxis in the contemporary sense with like overcrowded trains and people in fact losing their lives to, uh, to overcrowded trains. For me, questions of like density and what necessarily happens in relation to the infrastructure then that holds this density. And then what, what could happen if that infrastructure um, cannot hold that density any longer, like what happens to the infrastructure. I mean, like there's like so many reference points one can make in the past like five years. I mean, like I don't have a kid at the moment. So <laughs> like, but you think about when the system crashed, when so many parents wanted to wanted to put their kids uh, through school online and then like the system crashed and all of a sudden there was this like chaos. 2001 Ellis Park disaster, like the physical uh, like infrastructure of the stadium, which is meant to hold that many people. And then it turns out that there were like a third more of extra tickets that were bought. And so all of those people came into the stadium and then like the stadium kind of collapsed. Like people were like sitting on the roof and all of that stuff. Yeah, it was pretty traumatic and I was pretty young at the time. So I didn't necessarily know how big of a tragedy it was until I got a little bit older and uh, a little bit wiser <laughs> yeah okay so a lot of those themes are global i mean those are issues in terms of population as a i think as a species humans are struggling with this kind of capacity issue mm. um but you speak specifically to south africa and even to johannesburg how important is that role of environment or of identity as a johannesburg south african in your work for me, it's really important to speak to the environment that I've been in. I do think that um, it's something that I've persistently experienced and it's and it's gotten to a point where I'm ready to speak about it uh, confidently enough to someone else. Like there were more moments I was very um, discontent and there was like a period of like me like wanting to just like understand like all of the discontent from my personal uh, side and then to actually kind of figure out what it is that I really actually wanted to say. So in essence, like when you're thinking about 
when when I think about like identities, I always or particularly in the conversation between like statistical bodies and like really physical human bodied forms, like there's a gap in which when faces become numbers, it's just very difficult for like numbers to become faces. And then you kind of have to engage with like the administrative violence that's kind of at play as to as to how to necessarily read how to read people as data, which personally I think it's a conversation people outside of like the academic sphere and the technological sphere haven't really grasped the necessity and the importance of like really understanding what it is that like we're actually doing mm. with like all of this like techno gizmos. How does then one respond between thinking about yourself as an administrative point which is somehow bigger than like your lived experience so then in essence then like what then holds more value is it the lived experience or is it the fact that like you're you drop in the proverbial ocean of space mm. <laughs> yeah that's very profound essentially because um i think that is a very different way of questioning identity there's nothing almost physical to grasp at yeah um, and it is becoming more and more, I think, necessary to question question that and what that means. For you, in terms of creating your work, like like your process of making and the physicality behind that, while all of these concepts and ideas are, they're, they're in your head and they're yeah. very conceptual and then the physicality and the translation of that into artwork, how does that happen? I'm still trying to figure that one out, honestly, because... Even speaking to a friend, we really got to a point where even like translation has like its own kind of chasms. So like we don't necessarily know like how big those chasms really are. But we figured that even if like someone would translate a particular reading into a different kind of like mode or a different kind of set or into a different like discipline, there's like always things that are lost and that are built upon in conversation with kind of what's being referenced. And so like the idea for me, I think in this particular body of work, like a lot of things changed because I think a lot of happenings to me as like someone in their 20s, a lot of changes and a lot of things that tend to break your understanding of like how you first saw what it is that you're experiencing. That shift for me right now is really impossible to put into words. And the only way that I can do it is to like necessarily put it through images. And then, and then someone else can, can engage with the work. Um, if they want to try and find their own answers, yeah, 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 then like that's perfect. But to me, it is again like more about what it is that I really, really wanted to say and as truthful and, honest, and, and as honestly as possible, but not really, really getting the work to, to another kind of like nativism where I speak on behalf of someone else when I don't even have that other person's experience. I try to be as like authentic, yeah, and try to be as clear as possible as to what I wanted to make in my mind. That's all. Mm. Yeah. But it shows. I mean, you're very considered in the way that you work and in the way that you think about your work, which is, I think, what's quite powerful and shows through. In terms of your use of material and your use of colour, and as well as, I mean, this mixed media, this new body of work has very interesting mixed media material that you've used in the sense of silkscreen as well as drawing and collage. Do you want to elaborate on how that all came in? So the body of work or the body of ideas really came from engaging with a lot of disparate things. So even in like Tehran, I suddenly had an interest in Jupiter's Great Red Spot, which is this strange um, scientific phenomenon where you've got these two tornadoes that are operating one clockwise and one anticlockwise with each other. And then like they kind of feed that force with each other. And then like somehow like on in the atmosphere, 
that's kind of what you see is this like red spot. So I was really interested in like really like concentrations and not really like concentration in like the historical like or like German Namibia kind of concentration camps. I was really engaged with like the idea of like concentration and then and then that turned into like statistics which like form statistical weaknesses and then which came to form three-quarter progress which was dealing with mass statistics and like census. For those, for the listeners, um, just to understand, so st- Statistical Weakness is the first artwork that Pebble did in collaboration with David Cook Projects. And then Three Quarters Progress to the Edge of Play is a silkscreen print that Pebble did in 2019 for the Latitudes Limited series. Yeah. 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 <laughs> just just I, filling in the blanks there. So that gives like, you some insight as to, to where your mind was when you were making those works. Yeah. And then so then with thinking about those... I don't want to engage with a very like literal sense of with like fire creating this mark on a page. I wanted to in- engage with the material and in essence use the paper as the material to engage with density. So then that kind of process I really thought about the accumulation of images on top of one another and then like what would happen if then um, if you began to cut out things to show all of these other fundamental layers which 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 as a conceptual consideration i think lent itself way more because then all of a sudden like that idea of like that organizational pattern or yeah 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 yeah, like pattern but then strangely enough like if you look at the if you um look at maybe like a stack of paper from its side then like that organizational pattern still exists but then as you kind of like look at the piece of paper depending on like how it's organized then you like you only see one piece of paper again i was engaged in that kind of process but then i think that's how the collage came to be the drawing material i think i've always had an interest in drawing like always and then like that just came into being and then and then like the mark making then turned into like marks and dots and then like they became data like a mark bank basically so those drawings slash paintings slash mixed media works are constructions or trying to, to make sense what's what's in my head yeah, they do. I think that's the perfect word for them. They, they do end up looking like paper constructions and they've got a very dynamic feel to them and also moments of silence and quietness, which is very engaging. And could we maybe just touch, because you mentioned your two artworks that you made in collaboration with the David Cook Workshop. Has that had in, any influence in your work going forward? Even before that, I think I've always kind of um, appreciated people who firstly have like lived longer than me, uh, elders, parents, you know, just in general, I think like that's always really fascinated me. And that's amazing to be in the presence of someone who's like lived 30 years longer than you. Actually, they probably know a lot of things that you don't really like know about. In that sense, I think like it was like, I was like really, really super young. Like my grandfather passed away in like 76. Like, not really knowing him kind of sparked an interest in trying to know like um, everyone who's kind of like lived that long. And then like that kind of fed into other people with skills. I am the way I am because of like the people who've come before me. People with like the skills, I know like Chilla Roxy, Chad, Spongsen and everyone else kind of in the workshop with this particular project has like helped out in essentially making the work as true to the possibilities of its limits as can be. And so in essence, the focus for me was essentially on on the work itself. And then everyone has a space to then engage um, with what they see as weaknesses in the work. And then, and then we would have discussions, try to figure out where the work would eventually go. 
That's the process of collaboration that made this work kind of move to where it is now. I can see you saying all of that. You're a very humble guy and it's not just something that you're saying. You're definitely reaping the rewards of that relationship and the relationship with the people around you. In terms of your work and the kind of motifs that you use and the repetition that you use in your artworks, I see you've also introduced text and language. I wanted to ask you what or where that came from and what the influence of using text and language is. I don't have all of the answers. While you're thinking of this, maybe um, the titles as well. The titles kind of, well, like the works kind of name themselves. I think at a particular moment in time, I mean, three quarters on the progress on the edge of play, for example, kind of engages stats, piece of paper that like the stats are played on as like a kind of playing field. And then so I thought, all right, cool. People in like the free play of life idea kind of like rings true as a piece of paper and all of these marks in free play with each other. But some of the titles, I think they just kind of like hit you really. Some of them are really, really intentional. There's a particular like text piece in the show that is strictly to do with like, the names of the slave ships that I could find and then crossing those out. And then somehow in my head, I thought that slave ship was like a bad idea. That slave ship was a bad idea. Cross that out. The movement from like, from this open space to the other, it seems like really good idea. Because uh, there's always pros and cons to every little choice that we make somehow. Yeah, and so then eventually the title bad ideas escape me and then jump back in me. I'm like, of course, like all of these, you know, slave ships, particularly with the psychological effect of like black bodies in particular, those are all like bad ideas. Of course, <laughs> like, like that's the title. All of these things are bad ideas and that's why they crossed out as a way of like negating the existence of all of those like real kind of fundamental happenings. But by the same token, some of them, some of them just come to me. They influence in images, like what they should be in images. But then for this particular show, um, I just started writing really. Like I just, I just started engaging in like notation. And then I just kind of had like text. And then I thought it almost never really meant anything to me, but it just, it started gaining like greater weight, like as part of the image. And then one last thing that I wanted to ask you is we've been preparing for your solo exhibition titled Internal Probes. What does Internal Probes mean and how has the preparation for the exhibition been up to this point? It's been amazing. Um, it was it was hectic at the beginning because I had absolutely no idea what I was going to do, to be, to be very honest with you. And so Internal Probes kind of continues on from inside jobs where I was engaging pretty much in like the skeletal frameworks of of how things are built, particularly when when it comes to to mark making, like from my body onto like the body of the canvas. It actually was uh, an investigation as to like how much energy would essentially be as the result of these engagements. So it's continuing from that kind of process. I think it just kept on recurring. It just mm -hmm. kept on recurring, and I thought, okay, cool, because you keep on recurring so much, like, <laughs> recur, bruh, and then, like, that became the name of the show. I don't know what the other question was, I don't, like, I just, I just got totally confused. Don't worry, kind of. um, preparation for the exhibition, like, mm. leading up to this first solo David Recruit project. Oh, well, it was... At, yeah, so at the, the beginning it was pretty intense because I had zero idea what I was going to do. And then kind of in conversation with what's possible with screen printing. And then I thought, okay, cool, maybe it'll be interesting. But then weirdly enough, like 
at the beginning of that process just started with me engaging with images of that Ellis Park stampede. And somehow, I don't know, there was particular like invocations to the work that I'd been paying attention to, but I've been like leaving behind. And then so the team again, like somehow said said something. I don't don't remember what the magic word was. It kind of like made sense from there to consistently get a process of feedback to use the words of Kanye West, to sew this fabric as tight as possible. It was pretty much the aim for everyone. I think from this point onwards, uh, I mean, like there were like snags here and there that need to be needed to be ironed out. But um, you're feeling pretty confident and ready. Confident. Um, <laughs> I feel a little bit more humbled than confident, but also I feel a lot less stressful that I'm saying what I want, what I want to say, and honestly, so without necessarily like shouting it out, you know, Tiervan Lacruz like passing by. I think it's gonna open up a lot of other things in my brain that I had no idea existed it's like lying dormant so yeah good yeah no um, I'm very excited I'm looking very forward to the exhibition as I think most of the team is because it's been a long time coming um, and yeah we can't wait to see the exhibition up and running good luck me neither <laughs> <laughs> thank you and thank you very much for joining me on this podcast today it's my pleasure and God bless to all of your li listeners <laughs> awesome Thank you for listening to the David Crit Podcast. The David Crit Podcast is a production of David Crit Projects. David Crit Projects has locations in Johannesburg and New York. It is an alternative arts institution dedicated to encouraging and raising awareness of careers in the arts and related literature and media. It also promotes contemporary culture in a dynamic, collaborative environment. In Johannesburg, David Crit Projects has exhibition project spaces as well as adjacent bookstores located at 151 Jan Smuts Avenue and Arts on Main. The David Crit Workshop produces fine arts editions with William Kentridge, Diane Victor, Deborah Bell and a number of other artists that are both South African and international. For more information on David Crit Projects and our artists, visit our website at www.davidcritprojects.com. Follow us on Instagram as well as Facebook and Twitter. You can find more episodes of the David Crit Podcast on Podomatic, iTunes, as well as our website.